Timmy. It's just five dollars. <laughs> Go see the BC Lions for five dollars. How did you get in my house, and why aren't you wearing pants? Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Oh, grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John, John Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 35 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with Fraser and Curra and John. We have a sponsor to thank this week. Hey, so after 34 episodes, we finally convinced somebody to give us money. And that is the Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse Cub, the new presenting sponsor of the Two and Out CFL podcast. I talked to the Rush folks today, actually bought some playoff tickets for friends. A, they are slowly releasing tickets for this weekend's Champions Cup final in Saskatchewan. Don't forget, get your merchandise, saskrush.com, and you can also become a season ticket holder. There's all sorts of delicious benefits for being a season ticket holder. Um, Phone the office if you want to buy some season tickets and talk to my boy Drew. Awesome. Uh, we do want to start the show. We, we're both obviously big fans of the Tragically Hip. And uh, it, last Wednesday, we found out the news that Gord Downey basically, uh, and this, the soundtrack, the lyricist of Canada, has been uh, diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. He, he's known since December, but we just found out on Wednesday. And they're going on basically uh, a summer tour uh, because that's what he does best. And to me, that is... So courageous. I love that they're doing that. Uh, absolutely. That he wants to go out and see the fans. He's. It, it, you can tell it's such a It's a very short, very small tour. It's like, I want to go see these cities again, put on these shows, and then I can be at rest for the rest of my life. So I'm just, I'm actually like genuinely depressed that there are no Saskatchewan shows. Yeah, I found it interesting that they skipped Saskatoon and Regina, especially when Edmonton and Calgary are both getting two each. Yeah, I know. I, I You knew that they'd be... I, I think that once they saw the ticket demand, they knew they'd be adding... Uh, extra shows yeah. maybe it's just a travel thing maybe it's a logistics thing again there's not a huge amount of concert venues here in the city i mean i really thought it would have been cool to play the delta besbro gardens they did that show a oh, while that ago been and cool. still, if if you asked anybody here that was the show that they remember the most so or i even i even said that maybe they they could be one of the first acts at new mosaic stadium that would have been incredible. I'm sure they would fill it. I know they want some uh, preview uh, events this fall. I know the Dogs and the Rams are doing it, but why not the Hip? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it would be it would be fantastic, and I think yeah, that would sell out in a heartbeat. Uh, I got my ticket uh, for the Monday August long show in. Uh, Calgary. I'm going on my own. My wife's not a hip fan, but I got my. I was lucky. I got row eight uh, center stage on the floor. So uh, I'll be seeing the hip one more time. And I know there's a petition going around. I don't know how Gord will be feeling later in the year, but what about a Grey Cup halftime show in Toronto in November? 
I think it should almost be mandatory that the Tragically Hip play the Grey Cup halftime show. I've been saying that for like three years now that the Hip should be the halftime show. And this year, it's more fitting than ever, of course, if yeah. Gord is up and healthy or willing to do it. Yeah, they did it in uh, 2004, but I don't see a problem with uh, the Hip doing it every damn year. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's what we both said back when we discussed, you know, Grey Cup halftime shows. I get it. You know, you're trying to appeal to everybody, but that should be a showcase for Canada. I I even like I said, I even would have been fine. I was fine with Justin Bieber because he's Canadian, and I would have been fine with with Drake, who all of a sudden I find myself listening to a ton. Yeah, and uh, I, maybe he's he's an option for November two. I, I hope they can get uh, some some big names for the hundred fourth Great Cup at BMO later this year. Now this is our West. If anybody can get tickets. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion, man. <laughs> this, this I know this is this is a happy episode, and I don't want to make you angry, big guy. Yeah, it is June yet, or it is June now. So this is our West <laughs> Division preview. Before we start previewing the teams uh, in the West, let's uh, put it out there: Fantasy is back. Uh, so that does mean uh, that June will be full of drafts and getting ready and figuring out the new players with training camps. We're hoping to help you out with some new names you need to look forward to this month. Now let's now let's recap. Let's recap. What did we do really well with Fantasy and what did we do really bad with Fantasy last year? Well, <laughs> really, really well. Brad Sinopoli, yep. Mike Drop, Mother Trucker. Yeah. And Zach Caleros. And Zach Caleros, we called breakout seasons for both of them. And because I don't remember things I did poorly, I don't think we did anything wrong. I think one of the worst calls, honestly, was probably crapping on Henry Burris and Trevor Harris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if anybody saw that coming. I, that you got to play the odds. Maybe that was his motivation for having such a great season. He heard, he's like, man... Those two idiots out west made me not smiling, Hank, for one night while he shed an individual tear. You're welcome, our nation. Yeah, you're you're welcome. By by the way, did you see this week that he's he's coming back? Yeah, apparently we'll get to it in the news. Or he restructured his contract. I think he took a pay cut. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year. Is is he gonna step back and back up Trevor Harris or? That's the way their contracts are structured. I mean, everybody and their dog kind of thought that, hey, he's just going to take a, he, they're both going to be make a bunch of money this year and that his contract is reportedly structured that he scales way back next year. The thought being he's probably going to retire, but uh, nope, uh, Smiling Hank is going to play till he explodes. Wow, that's awesome. So I, with the return of Fantasy, that means the 2 and Out CFL podcast Fantasy League is back, and I think how it's going to work this year, uh, the defending champ, we will get him on before the season, uh, yep. Blair, I, I think he deserves a spot. Uh, he won. Uh, I would I would agree. Uh, good guy, fun guy to be in a league with as well. I think uh, I think Brazilian Ty is going to manage a team, and he'll be the 2 and Out representative. But we don't want him to win a single game, guys. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. Yes, we are, we are going to put the three of us are going to combine our brain powers and we're going to put uh, Brazilian Ty in charge of the two and out team. I think that's the only incentive we can use to keep him from going to the Eskimo Empire full time. <laughs> and that leaves six spots. So I'm not sure what we want to do. Do we want to go back to the Stone Ages and get people to email entries in why they should be on uh, in this league? 
why don't we just get people to tweet or Facebook us? I mean, we got those already. Um, we're talking our, our our DMs are open to anybody on our to and out account, right? Yeah, I, I, we might have to follow them. I mean, I got the email too, uh, to and out cfl at gmail dot com, Facebook, let's, Twitter. Let's let's do that. You know what? Let's let's throw out our email, Facebook, Twitter. You can send us a message, and then we're going to decide somehow who gets into the league. So basically, just tell us why you deserve to be in there. Get a little bit creative, and uh, we have six spots, so uh, they're at a premium. But but you need to do it in the style of an angry John rant. <laughs> so you need to be upset and angry, and in your email, Twitter, whatever you send to us, be furious about something stupid <laughs> and tell us why you should be in the league. Awesome. So go on an Angry John rant, Twitter, Facebook, email to an out CFL at gmail.com, and we will get you into the Fantasy League. And I'm looking forward to seeing these. I hope that nobody's as angry as I am all the time. <laughs> we, we might have to put the angry elk to use when we read your entries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're yes. totally okay with that, but get those in and we'll get you into the Fantasy League. Now, before we get to quick news and the preview, let's get to getting waxed with Brazilian Ty. Hey, it's Brazilian Ty back with another edition of Getting Waxed here on the 2 and Out CFL podcast. The offseason has been about four months too long for my liking, and while the Jays are starting to heat up and the Stanley Cup final is officially in full swing, I can now say with great exuberance and profound pleasure, it is June. Training camps, preseason games, hell, even regular season games. But I digress. I found this definition yesterday and figured it was pretty fitting, and it reads, professional athlete, an athlete that plays for pay. Seems simple enough. Apparently not for our friends at TSN. The quote by Jennifer Hedger on SportsCenter was, the city of Toronto is hungry for a championship, hasn't had one in professional sports league since 1993 when the Toronto Blue Jays won. Now I know since the analogy a few days ago, Hedger has issued an apology, but it doesn't mean that her and her co-workers were completely off the hook. Granted, it's not entirely her fault, and I'll be the first to admit that. She was just a messenger. Let's dig a little deeper. I'm assuming that somebody had to write that, then it had to be proofed, over by the director and or producer, and read by both hosts of the night's show. I also understand that when talking about the big four in Canada or the States, the CFL is never included, but when the national rights holder in this country completely overlooks its biggest source of programming, it just baffles my mind and is inexcusable to me. The Toronto Argonauts have won four great cups, yes, four, since the Jays' last World Series title in 1993, including back-to-back -back titles in 96 and 97, and a win in their home stadium in 2012. And people keep wondering why the Argos continually struggle with attendance in the city. I know the Rogers Centre was a terrible venue for football and barely didn't give much money to marketing the team around the city, but when the biggest promoter of the league just shoves you aside as happened just days ago, it definitely leaves a sour taste behind. How can the league expect the city of Toronto to take the Argos seriously when the biggest media outlet for the league won't? Either way, it's hard to find one person to blame in all this. I am no way blaming any individual. As I said before, there should have been a number of eyes that seen that script before airtime as the Raptors game was all but done before the fourth quarter. It's a huge failure and overlook on the whole of TSN, and while Jennifer apologized, it still leaves a black mark on the league and a reason for all those TFL haters to add fuel to the fire. All that being said, we are Canadian and we are programmed to forgive and somewhat forget, until we need a reason to complain about something as we are wont to do, but that's a discussion for another time. You can find me on Twitter, at Brazilian underscore Ty, and now the RBC Cup is over and June is here, there'll be more CFL posts than usual, I'm sure, if I can stay sober enough to operate my cell phone. Remember to keep your wax hot and your strips clean. Now back to Travis and John and the Two and Out CFL Podcast. 
In the Huddle with Fraser and Cura on the Two It Out Podcast. All right, quick uh, news items before uh, we get to the West Division preview. This is a really cool story coming out of uh, BC. They are offering $5 tickets for kids to get them into BC Place this season. That gets two thumbs up for me. I think that's amazing. Five. Five dollar, five dollar football. <laughs> there it is. There you like it? it I, I think I think that's what BC. They should be running a radio ad with that song. Something like, "Come and see your BC Lions, and if you are a child, well then you get five, five dollar." Five dollar football. <laughs> Come now, bring a kid. Five dollars, BC Lions football. We're probably gonna suck this year. <laughs> oh, I would absolutely love that. You can take out ads on uh, what's the kids' channel, Treehouse, and uh... <laughs> kids. Do you want to watch your, some football? Well, make sure to tell your mommy and daddy to go get you the BC Lions action set. But daddy, the football men hit each other, and I'm scared. <laughs> well, little Timmy, you should probably stop watching soccer. <laughs> okay, big voice guy. Mommy wants to know how much. Well, Timmy, it's just five dollars. <laughs> Go see the BC Lions for five dollars. How did you get in my house, and why aren't you wearing pants? Uh, goodbye. <laughs> they, like, which players would they have to put into the ads? Because if it's Elamimian and Big Hill, the kids are way too scared. Like, you, you'd have Dude. to put a handsome guy in there, like Ryan Phillips. Like, he looks like a nice guy. Yeah, you need somebody who looks, like, present, you know, presentable and not terrifying. Even <laughs> in our brief interactions with Wally Buono, I, I find him kind of secretly terrifying. <laughs> but Solly and Big Hill, keep them off of Treehouse Network. That would be terrifying. You know, you know what? They could get... They could get Anthony Allen. He's, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I've met him. He's kind of soft-spoken, nice guy, you know, good smile. He'd be perfect for the Treehouse TV commercial. <laughs> All right, cool news uh, from TSN. Although a lot of CFL fans up in arms. They're airing four preseason games this year. No Eskimos, Stampeders, or Tiger Cat games. Last year they aired three. But if I remember correctly, I think they ended up cutting one. Uh, because of the Women's World Cup that was in uh, all across the country. So they might have only aired two. 2014, they aired a bunch. But uh, let's face it, I don't know if preseason football brings in the big ratings. I think it brings in about half of what yeah. the regular season games do. And I know fans are really passionate. They really want to see their team and the new players. But uh, I think it's just the way things go these days. Well, here's the deal. Um, I'm going to explain to you how this business works. Okay. Um, every time TSN goes on location someplace, you have they have to rent equipment from a company called Dome Productions. Dome Production then sends all the staff, everybody. So now you're paying for an entire staff to be there. You're paying their wages. You're paying for all the high-definition equipment. You're paying for all these cameras. You're paying for that all to be there. And to justify that cost, you need to sell money to advertisers, such as the BC Lions and their $5 kids campaign. Advertisers want audience guarantees. Now, what an audience guarantee is, is like, okay, if I give you these millions of dollars, you need to promise me that this will be viewed by 400,000 people, for example. If you don't reach those guarantees, you have to give them free commercials because you couldn't make the guarantee. 
Wow. So basically, these numbers often aren't high enough for any advertiser to say it's not worth my time and for TSN to say, well, we can give you an audience, audience guarantee of X. These are still sold, obviously, and they're probably sold as part of a larger package, but it's a lot of money up front for TSN and not necessarily a lot as much coming back as the regular season uh, because, again, those games are only watched by guys like us and I'm assuming a pile of our listeners that are high, hardcore CFL fans. But there are a lot of people, and I mean, I think everybody's talked to them that, you know, they don't know a lot of guys in their team. You know, that's like the fans of Saskatchewan right now. You ask them, you know, hey, uh, who's Joe? John Childs, who I think is going to be great, by the way, after a couple of days of training camp. Um, and all you get is he's not Weston Dressler. Yeah. Like, so I think people have a hard time watching them because they don't know the players. Now, that being said, I thought the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders did bang up jobs last year of streaming their home games for the fans. Yeah, and I've, I could see that happening again, although Saskatchewan's home games on TV, their game in Edmonton is not. Yeah. But I got yeah. tickets for that one, so as a selfish person, I am completely okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, and you know what? I'll be so busy with training camp and professional lacrosse that I don't think I'll see any preseason games. And when, well, preseason last year is when I saw guys like James Franklin and Jonathan Jennings come out of the woodwork. So I was glad to see what we did see, and I'm sure we'll still see some pretty cool moments this year. It's just a week from today we see Winnipeg play Montreal. Both the Bombers games are on TV this year. Now, kind of going, uh, keeping up with the marketing, uh, the Toronto Argonauts in the Canadian Football League started taking out ads, and they were running uh, during Toronto Raptors games. And I don't know if you've caught these, but this has to be one of the biggest marketing campaigns from the league since, like, literally, our balls are bigger in the mid-90s. You mean when we were all so radically Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I think it's a great idea, especially the Argos. I was just in Toronto over the weekend. Uh, I was calling the uh, Saskatchewan Rush game at Buffalo uh, before Game 2 back here at the Sastel Centre. Not sold out yet, by the way. Um and in Toronto, um, I think more people know about the Toronto Rock Lacrosse team than they do about the Toronto Argonauts. It's it's just they've been invisible. They were given zero marketing dollars by old ownership. Now I'm really way excited to see what they can do with, with what looks like. By the way, I just drove by BMO. It looks like a beautiful facility nice. down by the lakefront um, and a great marketing campaign. I think I think the Argos are no longer going to be the laughing stock of everybody. But, I mean, you got it. If you're – it's Sports Marketing 101. If you want people in the seats, you have to advertise and you have to make your product accessible. They have to know you're there. Yeah, they do. And uh, that's that's just the way it works. And they have a they have a lot of fun players on offense that are, are going to be great again this year, especially with another season under their belt. So I think they're going to have another good team. And one more news note before we start previewing the West teams: retirements. This is getting uh, pretty crazy. Maybe it's because it's social media, and you know we we hear it or we see it nonstop, but there was another uh, retirement today. Gerald Brown uh, from the Alouettes, he ended up signing with the Argos uh, during free agency. He was going to add a nice veteran presence along with Keon Raymond to their defense. He's a two-time Grey Cup champ, and now he has retired. Uh, I, I, I still think that you're going to see a lot more of this as team as people become more aware of the long-term health effects of playing professional football. 
Yeah, and, and this is totally a conspiracy theory, but just a question. Oh, I like this. Do you think it has anything to do with the new drug policy? Oh, there's now, a good one. I don't want to point fingers, but Maurice Price, as an example, I'm, I'm not saying he was doing it or he's not. He retired the day after the new policy was announced. Now, is this just a coincidence uh, or is there something to that? You know what? I guess we will never know. Because last year was anarchy. There was no rules, really. Yeah, yeah. You could get away with just about anything. And this year, you're looking at guys like I know, like Rory Connop, who was supposed to be decent for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders yeah. defensive line. Uh, Bruce Campbell is the same way. Yeah, you almost wonder. I mean, and you're right. We are not pointing fingers, but it's enough to make you go, hmm. Yeah, a lot of the young guys, uh, that's really getting crazy. Maybe it is their health, but a lot of times the, the CFL minimum salary is, what, 55 k And the, the jobs that these kids get uh, in university will pay more than that. Yeah, and again, it's all about the, the love of professional football, yeah. and I think that's why you know they've been able to exploit it for for so long but i think maybe there are a lot of guys going hey you know what if i can make 80k a year at a university and stick around as a coach or something you know i haven't no but see the thing is with the health i i i'd like to think it's more the health effects than, than drug testing or anything because yeah. i know uh, recently here in saskatoon a kid who was looking like he was going to be a bonafide cfl prospect down the road opted to call it a career and i got chatting with some people and i i didn't have a chance to see him directly but i got chatting with some people and they said you know what he got a concussion and a knee injury last year and it just he just looked long term and went you know i do i want to be doing this right so it's i i'm going to be the optimist and say you know what i think it's these guys learning about the health effects but I do think you are on to something, Travis. When something smells like a duck and eats like a duck and quacks like a duck, it sometimes can be a duck. Yeah, sometimes. You're right. <laughs> well, I can quack like a duck and eat like a duck. <laughs> and you're not a duck. And wow. I'm not a duck. <laughs> but but if, you, if you hear the quacking and the eating, might be a duck. Yeah, it might be. There is definitely something, but it's, yeah, you're right. One of those things that we'll never know. Uh, mm -hmm. unless, you know, Maurice Price or somebody writes a memoir or something. and <laughs> I don't know how much don't, it would sell, but... Well, I don't know. How, uh, I'm just good. I'm not. I'm just... There's so many directions I can take this, and all of them make me a terrible person. <laughs> Let's start uh, previewing the teams then. Uh, I, th I think it's fair we go in alphabetical order uh, by British Columbia being first. Now... Okay, KK, for one... <laughs> Because we haven't had musical picks in a while. Okay. So do we do we have I know what we do. We preview the team, we do the preview, then we pip, pick the tragically hip song that best justifies the preview we just gave. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So you don't judging by your radio ad on uh, Treehouse, it does not sound <laughs> it does not sound like you are high on the BC Lions heading into the season. That is more of a product of the way the west of the rest of the West has shaken down. I, I look through the names of the guys that BC lost and they brought in. Um, 
<laughs> you look, especially Andrew Harris, I know he wasn't maybe the dominant force that he was, but still, look at this all-purpose. When you have to completely redesign your offense because one guy is leaving, that's never a, a good uh, good thing at all. And I look in, the guys they brought in are just completely different runners, and Jeremiah Johnson and Anthony Allen as well. I, I, I just I know Jennings is going to be a good quarterback in this league, I don't know if he's going to be as good as everybody thinks. And let's face it, it's all about the quarterback play. I don't know if Travis Lule has anything left. Like, I genuinely don't. Apparently, he's throwing pain-free uh, quite like uh, Ricky Ray is this year. But I, I don't think there's a question. I think Jennings is the guy. And Jennings, I- has to, Jennings has to be the guy. Uh, from... From the sounds of it, and again, contract, and I forget where I read this, and it, it was probably something retweeted by the BC Lions den because that's kind of where I get everything for the BC Lions. Um, Lule's contract was structured in a way that he is making backup money, so you have to think they are going to hand the keys over to Jonathan Jennings, and I mean, rightfully so. He proved at the end of the year. Do I think he's a flash-in-the-pan, a one-year wonder? I don't think so. I just, you know what? It's a lot different coming in and playing really well for a handful of games than it is to come in and play and prepare for and and the physical grind of the entire regular season. So is John Jennings the guy? Yeah, I think he is. Do we see Travis Lule at some point? Yes, I do. So fantasy, when you're drafting quarterbacks and team quarterbacks, you know, per with a grain of salt, I don't have the BC quarterbacks rated all that high. Again, I think there's some really good defense out west, and they have to play a pile against western teams. Last year, uh, when Jennings took over, he went 3-3 three and three to end the season. He struggled in the, the west semifinal against Rich Stubler and the Calgary Stampeders. But there were some games where Jennings looked like, man, this guy's going to be the franchise quarterback. I think against Saskatchewan, he had uh, – didn't he have a rushing touchdown Four passing TDs and a receiving TD. <laughs> yeah, but but we also did the numbers against Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan last year. I mean, like I could have, <laughs> I could have beat Saskatchewan at quarterback last year. And I'm five foot eight and I'm fat. <laughs> so leaving BC this year, Alex Hoffman Ellis at linebacker, but obviously a healthy Solomon Alamimi, and hopefully they keep him healthy all year long. They lose Andrew Harris, Kareem Smith on the defensive line. He's going to the Arena Football League. Courtney Taylor he really didn't do much last year anyway. Uh, Pascal Louchard went with Andrew Harris uh, to back him up in Winnipeg. Cord yep. Barks is in Edmonton. I believe Josh Johnson went to the NFL, and Rennie Curran, uh, which was kind of an interesting one he he was in Edmonton and he looked like he was going to be a good player and then he kind of disappeared and he came back and he was only a special teams guy with BC so uh, that that's probably a minor loss for that team but bringing them in it's interesting to see what's going to happen here obviously Manny Arsenault is the number one receiver that you want uh, on your fantasy team but he can be a frustrating guy to own last yes. year at the beginning of the year he was he was non-existent. Yep. But then after Labor Day, he cranked it up, and he was putting up Manny numbers. But this year, they're bringing in some guys that maybe can support him. Now, Nick Moore, I think if he stays healthy, he's a good receiver. You know, it's funny. You mention frustrating. Nick Moore he's is a the very guy. definition of it. I mean, you don't know if he's going to play game in to game out. He's always seemingly hurt, but when he's not... 
He is very he can be very good for you. He's back where he's comfortable. He's back where he had his best seasons. The attention in BC is still going to be on Manny, allowing Nick Moore perhaps just a little more time to get open. I like Nick Moore as a bit of a sleeper, but just remember, you could lose him on a Tuesday with a hangnail. <laughs> yeah, there's also a name that uh, BC Lions fans are starting to get excited about, Geraldo, Geraldo Baldwin. Uh, he's from the Netherlands. He used to be a soccer player. He, he picked up football pretty late in his life, but he had three catches for 64 yards in the West Semi last year. And if you remember a guy that came on uh, late in the season and then made noise the next year, that was Eric Rogers last year, who had a great Grey Cup game, but nobody really talked about that in 2014. And then Except he comes for in, us. Yeah, and then he comes into last year's camp and ends up lighting the entire league on fire. So maybe they have some more receiving options because they got Lavelle Hawkins back, and he mm. he did some fun stuff last year as well. I'm interested in the in the running back situation. Uh, Anthony Allen and Jeremiah Johnson, they're very similar running backs. I, I don't see both of them staying there. I think there's one is probably going to go there is a another running back that the fans are getting excited about there I believe his name is JC Coleman who is turning heads also Chris Rainey and Shaq Murray Lawrence so maybe BC's a team that goes with a little thunder a little bit of lightning a fast guy and a big bruiser yeah if if you're dry, drafting a BC Lions uh running back yeah. Make sure you do it as late as humanly possible, and remember your big bruiser guy, whether it's Johnson or Allen, is probably going to get quite a bit of the goal line carries and vulture a pile of touchdowns as well. Yeah, if you remember Johnson last year, there was a stretch there where he was getting a touchdown every game. Yeah, he was Ottawa. he was he was good. So uh, it doesn't sound like a lot of a uh, lot of people are high on Anthony Allen he didn't get a big contract to go there but again I don't wait for that one to sort itself out if you're picking one right now I would say pick Jeremiah Johnson yeah we will uh, mention it in our East Division preview uh, but they ended up not being able to close a deal with Vernon Adams and shipped him to Montreal what do you think about that deal I think BC kind of fleeced Montreal there. They got a crap did they ever. They got a first rounder for somebody that hasn't even taken a snap. A guy that wasn't even going to sign in BC. Montreal could have just waited and probably got him for nothing. We we talked about conspiracy theories. Yep. Did Anthony Calvillo make Jim Pop look really really good for all those years? Well, uh, it's a combination then, of him and Tressman. Oh, yeah, and Mark Tressman was unbelievable. But to me, since then, Jim Pop can't find a quarterback if he fell into one. Yeah, so he's stashing. Uh, he's got Taj Boyd, Rakeem Cato, who looks like he's on his way out, Vernon Adams, Kevin Glenn, and Brandon Bridge, who looks like he might be number two uh, in camp. Well, it, it's crazy, too, to think about that trade, like, when you're trading for a guy that has NCAA experience that, again, you've never seen him. How many NCAA quarterbacks come into the CFL and how many don't make them? Oh, yeah, a pile of them. Let's not forget, you know, who was really good in the NCAA, Travis Curra? Last year? Um, nope. Let's just remember a guy that was a real hot prospect coming to the NCAA. Blake Sims last year. <laughs> Blake Sims last year. You know who I was getting at? 
Who? Tino Sinceri. Oh. <laughs> Remember Blake Sims? He signed in a, a Toronto, and everyone's like, yeah. And then he went to Saskatchewan, and now he's nowhere. Yeah, but exactly. Tino Sinceri. He, he, he gone. Yeah. <laughs> Tino, the official uh, quarterback of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Yes, it was all Two and Outs. <laughs> but uh, I think BC's on the way up. They had a great draft. Uh, this year, a lot of people are really excited about that. And maybe Wally being on the sidelines makes a big difference with the, the Lions this year. Where do you see them finishing in the West? Oh, boy. I've got them fourth in the West. I, I really like the additions to the secondary. Mike Edom, Brandon Stewart, they also got Stephen Clark back. I actually I don't see much change in the West, I see them battling with Winnipeg for that final playoff spot. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I've got them as a as a three or a four kind of thing. Yeah, I have them finishing third as well. I, I, I said fourth, so <laughs> third for me. So uh, we'll we'll mark that one uh, down. That's the the BC Lions heading into this year. If there's anything going on in camp, we're pretty early. We're only on what day three. We'll have to keep you up to date next week. What tragically hip song would you uh, name after the B or the BC Lions? Oh, on this one, I'm going to say "Twist My Arm," uh, only because they are a quarterback injury away from being completely and utterly screwed this year. And BC Lions fans, you're going to have to twist my arm to convince me that this team is going to go any higher than fourth place. All right. From Road Apples, one of the, I think, the best guitar riffs in Canadian rock history. Twist my arm. Minors don't do much for me, though I enjoy them vicariously. After you, no after me. No ISIS, please after me. Let's go to Calgary, whose departures don't look very good. I mean, nope, Joel, nope, nope. <laughs> Joel Simpson on his way out. Keon Raymond, Eric Rogers, Jeff Fuller, Devon Campbell, DeQuinn Evans on the defensive line, Freddie Bishop the third, Matt Walter, and of course uh, John Cornish. Man, <laughs> that, that's an all-star team right there. Yeah, basically, um, and that's going to be a lot of holes to fill, but here's why I am still high on the Calgary Stampeders. Okay. Because does anybody do a better job of finding guys completely out of left field than John Huffnagel? No, for all we know, they were on the practice roster all along. Exactly. That's why it's just him and Chris Jones, to me, have two of the longest track records of going out and finding players that you're thinking, well, who the hell are these guys? 
and yet they always come to step up. Remember the the the, the embarrassment of Rich's Calgary had at receiver last year. I'm yep. almost positive that Huffnagel has found at least another one of those two guys. I'm betting this basically on track track record that. I think they're going to be good. I think Bakari Grant is going to be very good from a fantasy standpoint. Um, another one as as well, like you got Joe West, Markway McDaniel still there. Lamar Durant is probably going to be the token Canadian amongst them. I think he could also have a very good season. If you're looking for Canadian receivers, need a sleeper, I think Lamar Durant is that guy. Yeah, they there is opportunity there for a young receiver because the other three guys – Grant, McDaniel, and Joe West, they're all veterans, and they've yep. been around for a while. So there might be a changing of the guard at receiver in Calgary. Uh, we don't know how Eric Rogers is going to do with San Francisco. I would not hold it past him if he made that team. He's that good. Uh, so there, there's opportunity here, and I think it's probably, you're right, between Lamar Durant and Kamar Jordan yep. uh, to be the guy, the young guy, that steps up and explodes out of nowhere. Maybe people are expecting Durant a little bit because he was a draft pick from last year. I, I think people are going to start expecting from uh, Nick Dembski to be the guy this year in Saskatchewan. So same draft class. Maybe we see both of them uh, start to make some noise this year on offense. The additions, there aren't that many of them no uh, the, taylor reed from hamilton we i like that one i always he's liked a good linebacker hamilton. yep yep uh bakari grant uh james green but is there a chance that alex singleton the six overall draft pick becomes a big ratio breaker for calgary and starts this year on defense I think he could. He has the potential to do so. There's a reason people were talking about this kid as the number one overall pick. Yeah. But I think John Huffnagel paid his old buddy Bill Belichick to offer this guy a rookie camp tryout just to say, <laughs> hey, let, let's scare everybody else and let him fall to me because guess who signed in a part of the Calgary Stampeders training camp now? Yeah. <laughs> Alex Singleton uh, from, I believe he played in Montana. And now... <laughs> Do they start messing with the ratio a, a little bit here? Now, if he starts, do they need Jerome Messam anymore? Because, well, now Messam is amazing. It's yep. nice to have that extra Canadian, but that costs you a lot of money. And I, do, I don't know if they necessarily have another uh, Canadian to back him up unless they want to start an extra Canadian. But Tory Harrison was uh, great uh, last year, and he, he could carry the rock for Calgary this year. But if they have Singleton, could they maybe deal, mess him, and get something uh, in return to help them out a little bit more? I don't know if they do, only because you have to think they're going to be in a situation with, with Messam and Singleton that the likelihood of having a Canadian backup for either one of those guys is going to be extremely, extremely low. Both, yeah. The odds of having both of them out of the game at the same time also probably extremely, extremely low. I wouldn't be surprised if Huff goes with both of them in his starting lineup and makes an adjustment if necessary, or you bring in Harrison to spell off Messam. I think Messam had a great comeback year last year, and I don't think oh, yeah. there's any reason for him to slow down. Messam, to me, is still one of the top running backs off the board in the Canadian Football League, because outside of Andrew Harris, it seems like there's a question mark at running back every other team in the league. Um, I think Messam stays in quite a bit. It's just if he gets nicked up or something, you have the option to put in Tory Harrison. 
Yeah, and I'll be interested to see what happens on the defensive line in Calgary as well. Uh, Jagarid Davis and Brandon Thurman seem to be uh, sleeper guys or getting ready to take over there. Messam, too. He's got He's low mileage. He, he, yeah, he's essentially disappeared from football and was a backup a few places. So he's, <laughs> uh, again, I I, <laughs> I once did an interview with him, what might be the worst interview I've done in my career. I, I was <laughs> ill-prepared, and he didn't want to talk that day. But uh, I think I think he'll he's going to continue being an impact player. Okay, what hip song do you use to describe the uh, Calgary Stampeders? As a tribute to John Huffnagel, who manages to always find places, people in the strangest of places, it's almost like he has spies around. Yeah. <laughs> From fully completely, let's go with pigeon camera, that is based off of when they used to put cameras on pigeons to spy on people. So I think Huffnagel, <laughs> he, he has a pigeon camera sitting around in somebody's office. Yeah, he's making that job uh, pretty easy for Dave Dickinson. He's got the great roster to take over. So pigeon camera from the hip from Fully Completely. It's like a Okay, that is Pigeon Camera from uh, the Tragical Hip describing the Stampeders. Quickly, where do the Stamps finish this year? Second. I have them at first. Uh, I have the Calgary Stampeders winning the West this year. I think the transition to Dave Dickinson will be smoother than the transition to Jason Moss in Edmonton, uh, where yeah. we head now. <laughs> this is where we go now, and... Oh, I actually, uh, I, I wanted to get uh, Empire uh, Andrew on uh, today, but he's got duties being a dad. Uh, so I sent him a bunch of questions to get some observations on uh, camp with him. But just look at the people leaving. Shamad Chambers, he's on his way out. He didn't do much last year, but he did have the big Grey Cup game. Uh, and, he's can and he's Canadian. He's battled injuries. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a younger Chris Getzlaff who's on his way <laughs> into Edmonton. And whenever uh, you're getting the older version of Chris <laughs> Getzlaff, that's not a good spot to be in. Uh, leaving Edmonton, uh, Otha Foster. That is going to be massive for the riders, that Otha Foster signing. You, I don't think anybody in Regina would recognize him if he walked into a Dairy Queen, but he yeah. might be one of the biggest signings this year. I've heard the battles between him and Rob Bag at camp are just absolutely epic. Bag uh, is insanely jacked, by the way. I spoke to him today. He nearly crushed me with his hand. I thought I was talking to Ivan Drago. 
Well, and they have him at uh, slot back this year, so that's new for him, and he could have the biggest year of his career. He told me today, I interviewed him, he said, there's no reason I won't have the best season of my career. I'm healthy, my confidence is back, the game's still slowing down for me. Who would have thought? Actual insight for me. I guess having credentials does uh, have some benefits. Once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Also leaving Edmonton, uh, Aaron Grimes off to the NFL. That is a big one. Ryan Hines went to Ottawa, and then he retired. Uh, Andrew Jones to Saskatchewan. Kendall Lawrence to Saskatchewan. Kenny Stafford back to Edmonton. Greg Wote uh, end up retiring, and Willie Jefferson off to uh, the NFL, I, I believe, as well. Now coming Ken, in, Kendall Lawrence to me, uh, outside of Foster, might be the biggest name on there, only because you know we list him as a running back, but he can literally play anywhere. And he's any one offense. of the most versatile players in the whole league. No, oh yeah, and he's and he's got speed, man. Seeing him at, at training camp yesterday. Holy cheese, he can flat out fly. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, he gone. Like, that should be his name. Like, if we had the XFL and we still had nicknames, remember there's He Hate Me, Kendall Lawrence's would be like, he gone. <laughs> now, coming in to Edmonton, uh, kind of underwhelming. Chris Getzlaff is there. Thomas DeMarco comes in there. Natty Adjay uh, from Toronto. I don't really know how to say his name, to be honest. Uh, Xander, <laughs> Xander Robinson comes over, but then he retired. Jacoby Ford from the National Football League used to be an Oakland Raider. He'll be fun to watch. Cord Parks from BC. Joel Figueroa from Hamilton. And now the draft looks kind of crazy for Edmonton because the first two guys are getting a cup's coffee in the NFL and their sixth-round draft pick uh, retired today as well. So let's talk about what Andrew had to say. I asked him what Chris Getzlaff is up to in camp. Mm -hmm. It looks like Edmonton uh, fans are already a big fan of him. He's lining up where Kenny Stafford used to line up. Uh, Getzlaff, if healthy, can still be a very good player in this league. That's the the only reason I took the the said that... If he's older, yeah. that's that's the downside. Again, Chris Getzlaff is a very excellent human being and, when healthy, a great football player. But, again, I just – if you're expecting the Chris Getzlaff of old to show up, I, I don't I don't think it's happening. He's just – I don't know if he's there anymore. But he could benefit from uh, Adarius Bowman and Darrell Walker being there. Yeah, no, he certainly can, but I just don't think he's the downfield presence he used to be. I think he'll put up more catches this year than he has in other years, but I still don't think he's got that breakaway speed. I wanted to know what uh, Dion Lacey is up to. He's actually rotating between defensive end and linebacker, seeing more time at defensive end. Uh, That's interesting to me. They they still got Marcus Howard. They got Odell Willis and... uh, I, I figured that with Otha Foster gone, uh, they might want to put Lacey on the field more as a linebacker, but defensive end, that'll be uh, cool to watch. And I asked him some names. We need, we need names because in Edmonton, that secondary is going to be wide open this year yep. in training camp. It's going to be a complete uh, battle. Kenny Ladler is a name to watch. Uh, he has been playing in the secondary. Uh, there's a Canadian named Woodman. He was drafted this year. Uh, and also uh, Jacoby Ford. He'll be fun to watch. And Bryant Mitchell, uh, a new receiver who's been running some good routes. It'll be interesting to see how they do this year with Jason Moss. I I feel like his ascent has been even faster than Anthony Calfield's in Montreal. Yeah, and I think Jason Moss is going to be the byproduct of, I think he's a good coach, and I I, I do think that, but I think the losses that Edmonton, 
<laughs> incurred both in coaching staff and in players. I don't see some bright things. Uh, I don't see John White coming back to what John White used to be. Uh, in 2014, 6.9 yards per catch, 852 yards in nine games. He was very good, but you got to remember, this guy's coming from an Achilles injury, which always seems to take it, it used to be that knee surgery really took it out of a guy now it seems yeah. to be Achilles injuries um and and you know what I just I I think Mike Riley is one of the top quarterbacks in in the entire CFL but he does get injured a lot and I don't think Thomas DeMarco or James Franklin are where they need to be to carry this team long term and really make plays. I think they're going to win when Riley's in the lineup, but I just I can't like Mike Riley plays so hard. He's always going to miss a handful of games with Edmonton. I think this year the uh, offense is going to progress and the defense is going to regress. I would I would still disagree with that, Trav. I just I think I think the offense will be serviceable but not spectacular and I think the defense is not going to be anything to call home about I'm not going to call the I'm sure it won't be as bad as Saskatchewan's last year but I don't think it's going to be a bright year in Edmonton and I'm ready to lose empire points from the Edmonton Eskimo (laughs) Empire guys I I still like Edmonton's front seven Uh, the secondary I I really uh, couldn't tell you what's going to happen there. That's going to shake out in training camp. But uh, the offense, uh, John White, uh, maybe it's because I'm rooting for him. Uh, I mean, that guy looks great. It's a three-way battle right now. It's not like he's just getting his job handed back, but it's between White, Shakir Bell, and Akeem Shavers in Edmonton. But White, when he was given the job in 2014, did well with it. Uh, I hope he can do it again this year. But I I think that Mike Riley, if he stays healthy this year, that offense will be way better. But I don't uh, think he stays healthy. And I also believe, yeah, that that's 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 a solid point. But uh, Jason Moss brings his offensive. Uh, they had four one thousand yard receivers in Ottawa last year. I think he can help their offense this year. While uh, the defense uh, and Mike Benavides is a good D coordinator as well, so maybe they don't regress as much as we think. But uh, <laughs> there's some big losses, especially with Foster and Grimes. There are a pile of losses, and is Darrell Walker going to be as spectacular as he was last year? I think he's going to be very good, and I think he's a good fantasy play, but. If you're expecting the same out of him, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's going to happen for you. That's 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 the thing with Darrell Walker right now. Um, obviously, he had 1,100 yards in just 12 games played last year, while Bowman, with 17 games played, was over 1,300 yards. Um, I think they're going to be very good. I'm with you. You know, you're selling me here, Trav. You're selling me a little bit uh, on on this team and on the offense and everything. So we might have a change in my standings positions here after our conversation. So where did you originally have them and where do you have them now if you changed? Uh, last place. Last? I had them last. They are the defending Grey Cup champions and they still have Mike Riley, but I just, I have yet to see a reason that I, that why Mike Riley would be able to play an entire season. He is an unbelievable quarterback and I hope he stays healthy. I, I hope he stays healthy and proves me wrong. The more I do think about it, though, I think Riley and the rest of that offense, um, I think they're going to be in fourth, and I now slide BC down to fifth. So right now I've got Calgary 2, 
BC in fifth and Edmonton in fourth place, possibly third in the West Division. I mean, I, I think I think though fourth in the West Division gets you into the playoffs this year as an East crossover. Yeah, I, honestly, I think the yes, the the West is so hard to call uh, this year, especially at this point. But I, I still have Edmonton finishing second, getting a home playoff game, and actually a friend of the show, Joe Pritchard, uh, he wrote a piece for cflpass.ca on the history of teams going from first and then to worst the very next year a lot of number crunching in uh, that one definitely worth the read over at cflpass.ca what tragically hip song do you have describing the edmonton eskimos so hard done by ed hervey and the rest of the brass had their entire coaching staff and teams stolen from them and taken to Saskatchewan. So, man, they were so hard done by this offseason. I'm so hard done by. was the hip so hard done by and that about does it for episode 35 of the two and out cfl podcast with fraser and Kura, presented by the saskatchewan rush lacrosse club uh fraser tell us where everyone can get tickets for this saturday's big game this saturday's big game game two of the champions cup final limited seats remain you can get it saskrush.com follow them on twitter at saskrush that's the same as instagram also track them down on facebook the merchandise is sweet I've got a pile of it myself. <laughs> the game day experience, if you've never been to a Rush game, imagine taking the craziness of of one of your favorite football stadiums, cramming it into about 15,000 people, and adding a whole bunch of beer. That is a Saskatchewan <laughs> Rush game. Get your 2017 season tickets. They are on sale now, starting at just $1.99. Make sure to phone the Rush office and ask for Drew. Make sure you send us a message at Facebook, Twitter, or Gmail at 2 outcfl at gmail.com. 2 outcfl on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know why you should be in our 2 outcfl podcast, Fantasy League, by giving us a John Fraser-esque rant uh, on anything <laughs> that you want to. Uh, give us your best Fraser impression. We will be back previewing the season for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We will talk to you very soon.